Well, come and mag- come on and magnify the Lord with me, and let us let us together praise and magnify His name. Come on and put those hands together, give God praise and glory for another day. If you give me a little bit more in the monitors, for another day that the Lord has kept us, another day that the Lord had allowed has allowed us to be able to see. What a blessing it is to be alive and to be well and to be in our right minds. Is that right? Amen. What a blessing it is. Good morning. Good morning once again to everybody. So glad that you're here worshiping with us at the well today for the Hope Well experience. Those that are watching online, those that are watching via Facebook Live and on YouTube, we thank God for you because you could be watching any other church, but we're so glad that you have tuned in today to be a part of the Hope Well experience. Those in person, can you help me praise God for our online viewers? Amen. So glad, so glad they have tuned in today. Any first-time guests worshiping with us for the first time? Any first-time guests, just wave at me this morning. We're not going to make you stand up. Just wave at me. Any first-time guests, keep waving at me, keep waving at me, keep waving at me. Our usher's going to come and give you a connections card. If you can fill that out in its entirety, that will allow us an opportunity to be able to connect with you outside of Sunday because we're so glad that you come today to worship with us. Just wave at me again. Our usher is ready. Just keep those hands real high. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. Come on, Hope will help me praise God again. For all of our first-time guests coming to worship with us today, we're so excited again, so excited um, that you are here with us. Hey, man, that's it. Amen, that you're here with us to be able to worship today. Um, just a few things, and then we're going to go into the Word of God this morning. Uh, just bring me down just a little bit, getting a little feedback. A uh, few things I want to remind you of, and then we're going to go right to the Word of God. Our children's ministry, Hope's children's ministry, is going to have uh, a family informational after service today. So if your children participate um, in children's church, we want you to come and be a part of that. You can maybe get to know the volunteers, meet the volunteers. They're going to have some food. They're going to have some games. Uh, we really, really, really strive here at Hopewell to make this a place, not, not just for adults to be able to grow in their walk with God, but for children to be able to grow in their walk with God. And so we want you, amen, we want you to come and be a part of this um, just as you are a part and making sure that your children succeed in their sports. We want to make that keep that same energy to make sure that we're investing in their spiritual growth and development. So after service today, make sure you stop on by, um, come on by the Fellowship Hall and find out more about Hope's Children's Ministry and get a chance to be able to meet the volunteers and staff and play some games with the kids and find out what your kids are learning in children's church so that you can be able to in turn what they're learning in church can maybe make that uh, another area to be able to grow once you get home as well. Amen. 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 I am so excited um, to have the mighty men of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated with us worshiping this morning. Can all the brothers just stand? I know some are still on their way. Just stand up, brothers. Amen. Stand up, brothers. Amen. They're here worshiping with us. The undergrad and graduate chapter, which I'm a proud member of the graduate chapter, um, as, they, as they begin Alpha Week. Um, after service today, in the table, in the foyer. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Williams waving his hand. That's okay, brother. Still room. There's still room. There's still room for you to come on over, sir. Still room for you to come on over. Uh, <laughs> um, after service today, over out right outside in the foyer area, uh, we want you to stop by there and register to vote. Real easy way to be able to register. Um, if you have a QR code on your phone, all you're going to do is wave that over there. Uh, wave it over this sheet of paper just to make sure that you are registered to vote. And if you're not, um, we can get you registered today because we want to make sure 
sure that you vote. Amen. If you don't vote, amen, you are not taking advantage um, of the voice that you have to be able to make a difference. Amen. Right where we are. So we want you to stop by the table after service today um, to be able to be a part of that so that you can be able to vote. Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles with me and go to the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. Chapter 29. Jeremiah 29. Evangelist Maxwell, so good to see you this morning, ma'am. You know you didn't have to sit down now, but it's all right. Amen. I love you. Thank God for you. Jeremiah chapter 29, starting at verse 4 through 8. Jeremiah 29. Verses 4 through 8. When you have it, say amen. If you don't, just say, wait, shepherd, wait on me, wait on me. To all of our elders and ministers, our deacons and mothers, to all of God's people, again, what an honor it is to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Jeremiah chapter 29, starting at verse 4 through 8. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. And it says this. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has, all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plant to say, stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then found spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away and work for the peace of the, and the prosperity of the city where I send you into pray to the Lord for it for its welfare will determine your welfare pray to the Lord for it for its welfare will determine your welfare turn to your neighbor and say neighbor don't waste this moment find your neighbor on the other side and say neighbor the same word is for you. Don't waste this moment. Father, we thank you right now for your presence. We thank you right now for your power. God, we ask and pray now in the name of Jesus that as we come to your word this morning, Father God, that we are coming ready to receive what you have to say to us. God, I pray that you will prepare our hearts and make our hearts ready, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, to receive what you have to say to us, oh God, so that our lives can be transformed by the hearing, by the preaching and the hearing of your word, Father God, but that we will put it into uh, application and apply it to our lives that we may see fruit and so that we may grow. We thank you for it right now, every man, woman, boy, and girl, Lord God, even for our children that are growing over in children's church. God, thank you that their hearts are open and ready to receive what you have to say to them. And it's in the strong name of Jesus we pray and all of God's people said, amen, amen. Don't miss this moment. A few years ago, right before Carrie was born, uh, one of our church mothers, the late mother, Mary Helen Jennings, had put together, crocheted a beautiful blanket for, Ken, for Carrie. She wanted to make sure that she had a nice blanket to be able to come home to. And when she gave me the blanket, I said, oh my goodness, mother, this is just so beautiful. I said, mother, you didn't have to do this. You didn't have to go to the store and buy all this fabric. I mean, it was different colors, array of colors that she had on there. I said, oh, mother, you didn't have to go through all, all of that work and go on and buy stuff. She said, Reverend, I didn't. I just took scraps of different pieces of 
uh, 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 material that I had to be able to put together this beautiful blanket. Now, to look at the blanket, you would never think, Renata, that it was put together just by pieces that had been left over from other projects that she had made. You would think that she had gone to the store and purchased every bit of fabric that was there. But what I learned from Mother Jennings that day was that she did not waste a thing. She used everything that she had, even the leftovers, to be able to put together something new, to put, the, to put together something vibrant, to put together something that would turn into a beautiful masterpiece. I learned that day after talking with Mother Jenny that God, our Heavenly Father, is the same exact way. God does not waste anything. You hear what I'm saying this morning, saints? The Bible lets us know in Romans 8, 28 that God is able to work all things together for the good. He takes the good. He takes the bad. He takes the uncomfortable. He takes the ugly. He takes the nasty. He takes everything and he works it together for our good. God, Casey, does not waste any opportunity that he sets foot on. We are the ones that will miss a moment because it's something that we don't want to work with. We will miss a moment because it's materials that we feel as if that nothing can be done with it. We will miss a moment because God can place us somewhere and we will never see it through the lenses of God on what God wants to do. We're only looking about our comfort. And we will miss what God would desire to do in and through us all because something doesn't look the way that we thought it should look. <laughs> Children of Israel now have been kicked out of their homeland and taken into Babylonian captivity. God did this because he was punishing Judah for their disobedience. God kept talking and kept talking, almost like parents. You know how it is. You keep talking, you keep talking, you keep saying, if you don't clean that room, it's going to be consequence A, consequence B, and you lay out all the options and still nothing is done. And finally you put your down and then there's a consequence. This is what God does with Israel. He's told them time and time and time again and he, and he, and he talked to them about their disobedience, their, 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 their deliberate disobedience against God and God got sick of it and put them into captivity. He told them you are going to be here for 70 years, 7-0, that you're going to be in captivity. In chapter 28, there was a man, a prophet by the name of Hananiah that came and came and stood before the people. He had good news to tell the people evangelists. He told them that, listen, I know what your pastor said. I know what the prophet Jeremiah said, that you're on that you're going to be in here for 70 years. Hananiah said, no, God has told me. He used those words. The Lord of heaven's army says that you're only going to be here for two years. He takes an illustration. He takes a yoke of oxen and he tells them, just as this thing this is how quick that your time in captivity is going to be over. The saints got excited. They began jumping and shouting and praising God. And God came back and dealt with head and eye and said, I didn't say that. I told the people that they would be in captivity for 70 years, not two years. And what does God do? He takes Hananiah's life and Hananiah comes to an end right there. 
since we're already here, I might as well stick a pin and say, be careful, be careful of the voices that you listen to. I have to say that be careful of the voices that you listen to because a prophet, a false prophet will always come with the word trying to, trying to comfort you, trying to comfort you and trying to make you at ease and only has good stuff to tell you. Oh, you're going to be a millionaire by tomorrow night. Oh, you're going to do this. Oh, you're going to travel here. You're going to do that and do this. They will always come with good things. Never understand, understand that when it comes to think of prophecy, that it's always going to be backed up by God's word. If you cannot trace it back to God's word, then you might as well not accept that word. It has to go back to what God has already said. God was not playing with them. God told Hananiah, that's not what I said. And he took his life at that very moment. And he came back to Israel and said, I told you, 70 years you would be in captivity. He says, since you're going to be there, I don't want you to miss this moment that you're about to have. No, it's not where you desire to be. No, it's not where you want to be. Yes, you're exiled. Yes, you're far away from your homeland, not knowing when you are to return back to your homeland. But I don't want you to miss this moment. I got a question to ask you this morning, saints of God. How do you handle God when God places you in a place that you really don't want to be? How do you handle God when God gives you an assignment that doesn't line up with your credentials? How do you deal with God when God puts you somewhere, not, by, not that you had any say-so in it, but that he places you somewhere and never asks you if you want to be there? What I've learned is in my Christian walk, and I'm sure many of you can be able to attest to the fact that in most cases, Casey, that when God places us in places that we necessarily don't want to be, it is a great opportunity for us to be able to mature in the things of God. It's a great place for us to be able to grow in our walk with God. It's a great place, Renata, for us to be able to grow and mature to a place that we can accept what God allows to happen in our lives and not get angry with God and not go back and forth with it, even though we still may do that. I do that every now and then, excuse me. Amen. That may happen every now and then. But that we will grow to a place because in most cases, us, in most cases, when God is assigned us what we need to be, it has a lot to do with our maturity or our lack thereof. And how we handle where God is about to put us. Most times in Jeremiah 29 and 11, this is used as a as a security blanket, people will quote that scripture. Oh, God has a God has a plan for my life. Oh, God has a great future for my life. Now I have to I have to I have to help us this morning because it's so we have to be so careful as Bible readers that we don't read one verse in isolation from the context of everything that's going on before and going on afterwards. Because you're claiming promises that if you are not a believer of Jesus Christ, they don't belong to you. And so we're claiming about having a hope. We're claiming about having, uh, having a prosperous life and claiming all these different things, but our lives nowhere line up with God's word or God's way. So be careful just not to take one verse and just claim it and name it on its own, and you don't look at the full context of what's going on. Because even though they're in a place that they really don't want to be, God tells them there's a spiritual human responsibility that you have right now right where you are. Look at it. It's right here in the text. I'm not going to be before you long this morning. He tells them there, look at verse 4 and 5. 
This is what the Lord of Heaven's army, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply and do not dwindle away. Here it is what he tells them. In essence, he tells Israel, I need you to embrace your current reality. I need you to embrace right where you are. I need you to fall in love right where you are because you're not going to be here overnight. This is not just some weekend visit. This is not some two-week stay. You are going to be here for 70 years. You are going to to be in exile. 70 years you are going to be in captivity. So while you're here, because I'm a God that does not waste anything, I don't desire for you to waste any moments that you have right here in captivity. He tells them, even though you're in a place that you never, that you likely would not have put yourself in, I want you to produce right where you Oh, look at what he says. That says It's right there. He says, I want you to go down to Lowe's and get some lumber and build your house. Once you get the house built, I want you to go over to Home Goods. In fact, go over to Hobby Lobby. They have net sale now every other week with stuff that's 40% off. Go get you some wall decor. Go get you some stuff on the walls. Go down to Menards and get you some good paint. Call Deacon Brian over to paint your walls for you and have an accent wrong in the house. Make sure everything is coordinated together. I want you to build homes. I want you to have families. I want your kids to have kids. I want you to find spouses for your kids. I need you to embrace right where you are and be productive right where you are. We will miss what God desires to do when we don't embrace right where God has us. We will miss favor and blessings that God has for us at our fingertips all because we won't take advantage of the moment that God has presented before us. And embrace your current reality. It may not be, it may not be what you desire for it to be, it may not be what you want it to be, but you have to embrace right where you are. And embracing right where we are is not just embracing the good things that may come from it, but it's embracing the tough seasons that may come along with it. These people are in exile, not knowing when they're going to go home. You have all the Israelites that are there right now with them in captivity. And Jeremiah said, 70 years, some of them will not live to see the re-entrance back to home. And he says, even though I know some of you will never see home again, I still want you to embrace right where you are. Build homes. Have kids. Tell your kids to get married and have kids. Multiply right where you are. Here it is, thanks to God, because we can have moments in our lives where we're praying, well, God, I need you to deliver me. God, I want you to take me out. God, I need you to get me out of. And sometimes God's answer is, I'm not going to get you out of it, but what I will do, I will step in there with you and you can be able to get through the trials and the tribulations that you experience because I'm there. Is there any witnesses in the house that can attest to the fact, Pastor, I I pray just like Paul three times that God would deliver me, that God would take me out, that God would put me somewhere else. But he did not. He did something better. He came and got down in the right where I was and let me know I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will stick closer than anything, brother. In 
current reality means God may not take me out of it, but he will sure enough give me the grace to go through it. <laughs> God may not bring everything to a halt and put a pause on it in my life, but God will give me the grace to be able to get through it. And not only will he give you the grace to be able to get through it, God will give you the grace to embrace your reality. That's somebody right now said, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get out of Southern Illinois. Can't wait. They said, Shepherd, you're talking about Babylon. I'm in Babylonian ter territory right now. And you continue to complain about what's what we don't have. You continue to complain about what's not here or what's not right. But you fail to acknowledge, to embrace your current reality, to produce. Some folks never get the full, the full essence of why they are here because they're always concerned about leaving. Oh. Ooh. Listen, I know you're ready to go, but until you go, go to Lowe's. Get you some paint, get you some pictures, fix up your spot. <laughs> you want to go, go to Hawaii, turn a room in your house into Hawaii. Get you a shirt, get you some, get you some drinks, amen, just some red Kool-Aid, praise God. Put you an umbrella in there and call it a day and enjoy the season and moment in your life until God does something next. But until God does something next, I'm going to show God that you can trust me with another level by how I handle where I am right now. I'm not going to pray about you putting me in a city because of your horrible with money right now and have no budget skills in old southern Illinois. You will die in a big city where you have a lot more options to do with your stuff. But until then, God, you can trust me right where I am. I'm going to manage the season and the moment that I am, that I'm in right now. I'm going to embrace all that it is to experience what you desire to do in my life right now. He says, not only do I want you to embrace right where you are, I kind of got ahead of myself, but I want you to produce, but not just to produce, but I want you to produce in a painful dilemma. You in captivity. <laughs> You're in exile. They're not treating you the best. They're not offering you filet mignon for lunch. They're not making sure that your pillows are comfortable when you lie down. He says, I want you to embrace where you are, but I want you to produce in a painful dilemma. Have you ever had to keep going when it was painful? <laughs> Have you ever had to push through when you didn't know what the push was going to come from? Have you ever had to endure so much that you were experiencing in your life, but at the same time, there was no moment for a break, there was no moment for a sabbatical, there was no moment for a Holy Ghost timeout? Have you ever had to produce in a painful predicament? He says, husbands, <laughs> while you in exile, go to Amazon, download Marvin Gaye. Call your wife over. Read the Sons of Solomon to her. And have some kids. Once your kids come, 
fine. Yeah, now y'all just caught that. Fine. Once your kids come, find your daughters a good man. Find your sons a good woman. That same list, playlist that you had, pass it on to your kids. So now they can be able to have kids. He says, I know what you're experiencing and what you're hearing and what you're seeing does not line up with the hope and the, the prosperous future that I have for you. But I need you, despite all that's going on, to produce right where you are. I love it so much because Jeremiah and God does not allow for any excuses to be made. Can I tell you something, saints? We miss so much. We miss, we, we, we can miss a favorable moment from God. We can miss open door seasons and moments that God will present our way. All because we make excuses of why we cannot do a thing. We live in a time now that we have access to so much, but we are still have less of excuses of why we can't do nothing. Jeremiah said, build homes, have kids. He says, I want you to produce in a painful dilemma. Here it is. My, my mentor, my mentor, Reverend Clarence Story says this. He said this to me years ago, but it sticks with me. I think about it all the time. He told me this. He said, Swims, you can make it through almost anything when you see it correctly. Jeremiah is challenging Israel. I know you're in captivity. I know you're in exile. I know you're far away from home. He says, I know many of you, after the 70 years, when it's time to go back into home, they're going to be long gone and dead by then. He says, but until then, I need you to see this moment that you're in differently so that you can be able to embrace it. I need you to see this moment differently so that you can be able to produce. I dare you right now, as you go into this week, that where you are in life right now, that you may not like it, you may not, you may not can stand it, you're upset set with God because things have not gone the way that you thought they would, they would be. You thought you would be so much far, farther along in life right now. You thought you'd be married. You thought you would have kids. You thought you would have a dog named Bruno. You thought that you would have a house. You thought you graduated by now. You thought you would have had this. You thought you would have been there. But I dare you as you go into the week, say God help me to embrace my current reality. God help me to be able to produce in a painful dilemma. But not just that. God help me to see where I I am correctly because God I don't want to miss a moment I don't want to miss anything that you are desiring to do in my life right now help me to see this as you see it because if you never see a thing correctly you'll never know what to do with it if you never see your current reality through the lenses of God you'll never embrace it and while he's staying go, your mind will, while, he, while he's staying stay, your mind will constantly be on go. He says, he says, I want you to, I want you to embrace your current reality. He says, I want you to produce in a painful dilemma. But look at what he says in verse 7, y'all. This, this messes me up. He says, I know you in Babylonian territory. I know you are in captivity. I know you are in exile. He says, but in order, let the, let's jump down to verse 11 real quick. He says, in order for verse 11 
to make sense for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord but are plans for plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope he says he says I have all of that plan for you but it's contingent on verse 7 he says don't waste a moment don't waste a moment of not embracing your current reality don't, don't waste a moment of not producing in your painful dilemma but look at verse 7 he says and work for the peace and the prosperity of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pause. Wait a minute, Jeremiah. You telling me God done text message you and said that verse 11 is contingent on me praying for those that have me in captivity and working for the peace of the city that has me in captivity. Jeremiah looks back at the people and say, yes, the message has been received correctly. He says, here it is, number three, I want you to be a blessing right where you are. I, I, I'm, I'm about to because they ain't saying that, so I got to go back and say it again. Verse 7 says, and work for the peace and the prosperity of the city. Get this, where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. In other words, as Babylon prospers, so will you. Y'all fish y'all shot right there. I said, as Babylon prospers, so will you. Y'all still miss your shout. As Babylon prospers, so will you. Oh, my goodness. Pastor, where's the shout? I told you in the beginning that they are in exile, away from their home, won't be back for another 70 years. But God says, I will give you hope and a prosperous future that if you keep looking out for the welfare of the city, I will bless you in exile. I will bless you in, I will bless you in captivity. In other words, I will bless you in a place that you did not want to be, that you even put yourself there. He says, well, because your mind is on the welfare of the city and praying for the city, I will bless you right where you are. Can I, I got good news for somebody today that right where you are at SIU in Carbondale in Southern Illinois, God can bless you right where you are. But it's contingent upon something. Are you being a blessing where you are? Because you will never be a blessing somewhere that you haven't fully embraced. You will never be a blessing at any place where you haven't developed roots. Because that's what Jeremiah tells him. Build homes, have kids, paint the walls, get some floral coordination going on there. He says, I want you to embrace it. Because the more that you embrace it, the more you will own it. And the more that you own it, you will seek 
for the benefit of it and not just you. But because you're seeking the benefit of it, I will bless you because of that. He says, be a blessing. Right? Where? How, pastor, can I be a blessing somewhere that I don't want to be? When God helps us to be able to see it the way that he sees it. When we're able to see where we are through the lenses of God, when we're able to see growth and not just decline. He says, when you're able to see this thing through my perspective and the way that I see it, you will embrace it. You will own it. And you will look for the benefit of it. He says, but verse 11 is contingent upon verse 7. How well are you working for the welfare of the city? He says, how well are you praying for those that are over you while you're in exile? When's the last time you prayed for your supervisor? Oh, Pastor, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Reverend. You know, it get real when they call me Reverend. Wait a minute, Rev. When's the last time you prayed for those that have rule over you? He says, because as goes, he says, the welfare, your welfare is, is predicated on the welfare of the city. He says, as the city goes, so will you. Don't waste, don't waste this moment. Don't waste wherever it is that God has for you. It's easy for us to claim verse 11, but there's so much work to be done in 4 through 7. That we would jump towards the promises and miss the process. We will launch after the promises and miss the human spiritual responsibility that we have. In embracing where we are, producing in the painful predicament, and being a blessing right where we are. I got a question to ask you this morning. Is Carbondale better because you're here? Is Southern Illinois better because you're here? Is SIUC better because you're here? Is Hopewell better because you're here? And if you can't really answer those questions, you're trying to figure out, somebody's like, wait a minute, Pastor, I'm out of town. Wherever you're from, is it better because of you? And if you say, well, no, I don't know, then I challenge you to ask yourself the question, have I really embraced where I am? Have I really embraced where I am instead of whining and complaining and said, okay, God, this is where I'm at right now. What you going to do? What we going to do, Lord? How do you want to use me where I am? Are they better? Is your job better because of you? Or, as you're praying to leave, that your boss is praying to God, come quick, fast, and in a hurry. (laughs) That wherever God has assigned you, Is it better 
because of your presence. Oh, it's better that you leave. Don't waste a moment. Don't waste a moment. Don't waste a I've had to change my mind. I know we're, we're trans because of SIU. People in that all the time. But I have to change. I have to change my mind. While they're here, they could do something. While they're here, something could come good. Don't waste a moment in lusting after a future that you may never get because God has said, I'm looking at verses 4 through 7. And I can't give you 11 because you don't want to deal with 4 through 7. He says, it's all there. But even in the promises, there will be seasons of toughness. There will be seasons, Minister Lynn, where stuff ain't going to go the way you thought they would go. There will be seasons of struggles, but even in it, he still says in Romans 28, if you will hold on, I will work everything together. If you can see this thing the way that I see it, I can work it all together. You don't even realize I'm behind the scenes, piecing stuff together. I'm behind the scenes, taking the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm behind the scenes, taking in everything that no one else knows about, that only you and God know. And I'm working it together for your good, for your future good. Don't waste another moment. Don't waste right where you are. Because here's the reality of the matter is, it doesn't have to be the best place to be a blessed place. <laughs> I could have just said that from the beginning and sermon would have been over. That's good, that's good news right there. It does not have to be the best place to be a blessed place. They're in exile. They're away from home. 70 years they're in timeout. And some, at the, end of the, at, at the end of the seven years, may never make it back home because they would have died off. Get this. Generations would be born in exile, but their future had a promise. Good God from heaven. Born in captivity. They produced in a painful dilemma, but, the, the, but, but, but what was produced in a painful dilemma would have a bright future ahead. They embraced it. And they didn't waste a moment. Please hear what I'm saying, y'all. It doesn't have to be the best place for it to be blessed. Um, there's a program called Jackson CEO. I'm a facilitator for it this year. I work with juniors and seniors in high school, four different counties, I mean, four different school districts, um, Trico High School in Campbell Hill, a Ava area, Murfreesboro, Carbondale, and Everardo in Elkville. 
And the goal is to teach them entrepreneur skills. And I tell them all the time, I say, you don't have to stay in Southern Illinois forever. But you can start right here. Your business plans that you have, those, those dreams that you have, they can be birthed right here. Even though the kids are there to learn, I'm learning as well. We're going all over Southern Illinois. I'm seeing stuff I had never seen before. Allowing me to see the greatness of right where I am and how things can be able to happen. Embrace where you're at. And make up in your mind, I'm not going to miss another moment. I'm not going to miss another moment. I'm going to trust and believe that God is orchestrating everything and that he's going to make it work for my good. that if I can trust the process and hang on to the promises of God, he will work everything together for, somebody's a witness right now, even up to this moment of your life right now, God has been orchestrating everything together. You didn't know how, you didn't know when, but then voila, bam, God did. You're like, what? Because I trusted him. And held on to his promises. He's doing it. Let me pray this morning. Man, let me pray this morning. Because I don't want us, I want us to fall in love right where we are. I want us to fall in love right where we are. I want us to fall in love right where God has us. If that's your job, I know, oh man, you're ready to go. But until you exit, I want you to fall in love where you are. Oh, if it's the city, if it's southern Illinois region, fall in love right where you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, oh God, that we will be a people that will not miss God-ordained moments, God, that we will not miss seasons, oh God, that you have for us, Lord God, that you want to mature us, that you want to develop us, oh God, that you want to challenge us, God. I pray that we will embrace right where we are, God. But say embrace where we are, Father, so that we won't miss what not only what you want to do through us, but what's needed in us, oh God. We need to own it. We need to embrace it. We need to own it. We need to develop roots and seek the betterment, oh God, of the entire thing and not just looking for what benefits us. God, help us to grow up. It's really a matter of a maturity. Help us to grow up, Father. Help us to grow up. We can fuss at our kids all the time about growing up, but God, what's the same lessons we need for ourselves? Help us to be able to mature. Help us to be able to grow up so that we won't miss moments, oh God, that you have for us. We thank you, Father. We praise you. We magnify you. We lift you up. And we glorify you. It's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Come on and put those hands together. Come on, clap them real good, real good, real good.
If you're watching online, either Facebook Live or on YouTube, if you're watching online right now and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I personally invite you to make this day your day, this moment of decision that will change your entire life. If you're watching on Facebook Live, just inbox us and say, I want to be saved today. And someone from our team will reach out. If you're watching via Facebook Live, put in the comment section, I want to be saved today. And someone from our team will reach out. If you have prayer requests, we want to pray for you, and we want to pray for you. For we believe in the powerfulness of prayer. Email your prayer request to prayer team at hopewellmb.org. And someone from our prayer team will call you, reach out, have you on prayer, Zoom, FaceTime, whatever. We'll do just that. Because we believe in the power of prayer. If you don't have a church home, I would love to be your pastor. We would love to be your church. You don't have to live in the city. Thank God for technology. We can shepherd you right where you are. Just inbox us and say, I want to be part of Team Hopewell. Put in the comment section, I want to be a part of Team Hopewell. And someone from my team will reach out to you. If you're in the building right now and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior, you may know him as Mama's God, Daddy's God, but if you don't know him as your Lord, as your God, today can be your day of, uh, 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 of a life change that will change your entire life. So many people say, well, once I get myself together, then I'll accept Jesus Christ. If that was the case, the cross was not necessary. But because we cannot put ourselves together, we need someone that had it all together to put us together. And his name is Jesus. He's the one that can save your soul. He's the one that can meet you right where you are. He's already demonstrated how much he loved you by dying on the cross, knowing, knowing that he was dying for people, some that would accept him, some that would deny him, and some that would reject him. He knew it, and yet still did it. Suffer, bled, and died. So that we may have the right to eternal and everlasting life. If you're not saved, today can be your day of salvation. If you need prayer, we'll love to pray with you, we'll love to pray for you. If you don't have a church home, I would love to be your pastor. We would love to be your church family. We would love to get to know you and do life with you. Being a part of a church is not just coming in on a Sunday, but it's about connecting with a people, developing a community of people around you to walk this thing called life. If you're here, if any of those three invitations speak to your heart, speak to your heart. Just make your way down here to the, to the altar. And we're going to clap like there's a thousand people walking down the aisles in expectation. Whether you're a college student, whether you're new to the area, it doesn't make a difference. I'll, I'll come walk with you, whatever it is. God is able. If you need prayer, we'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. We'll believe God to do the impossible in your life. If you're here, just come, 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 come.